0: Hi, I'm Irene Silber, and on this podcast, we're going to hear something a little bit different. Recently, the Vanguard Network launched the New Leaders Program. It is designed for undergraduate and graduate students who have already demonstrated an aptitude for leadership. Among other things, students in the New Leaders Program attend weekly seminars. One of the topics in the last series was leading through ambiguity
1: but a lot of it is being able to know what to do day to day in case there are hiccups along the way.
0: At the time of this recording, Emily Jang was a senior associate at EY Parthenon, but she was only a few years out of school herself. She and the Vanguard's Ken Banta talked about lessons she had already learned. You're gonna hear highlights of that discussion, which included comments from several of the students in the New Leaders Program.
2: The uh, program today is going to be focused on the topic of leading through ambiguity, and uh, what we mean by that is that uh, when you look at real-world situations as a leader, uh, many many situations involve ambiguity. Uh, ambiguity in the sense of not quite knowing all the facts, um, maybe not knowing uh, all of the um, uh, of the details of what you're trying to address. So uh, very often you're in a uh, in a position where you need to make decisions based on uncertainty, uh, either about the situation or about the people around you. Uh, So our goal is to uh, talk about this uh, subject with our uh, guest, uh, Emily Jang. She'll introduce herself in a moment, but uh, the the role she plays is as a uh, senior associate at uh, EY Parthenon, the consulting group. Emily, um, why don't we start with uh, a little bit of uh, background from you about really who you are and how you ended up in that role.
1: Um, I'm a senior associate at UI Parthenon. I graduated from Penn Wharton in 2018. And what led me into consulting and at UI Parthenon in particular at first was because I thought I was really interested in education. I was doing work for the Graduate School of Education at Penn and you know found it to be absolutely fascinating. After coming here, I realized I didn't necessarily want to become a school superintendent. And so I decided to take on the um I decided to be a generalist at the firm, and we're working in all sorts of industries like industrials, healthcare, technology—you name it. And since then, I've really focused in on technology and working for private equity clients in, in particular. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm—I mentioned I graduated in 2018, so I'm just a few years older than you. And um, you know, I—you could probably see yourself in. Um, you could think of me as seeing yourself in, in a few years and so happy to talk a little bit more about you know, some of the challenges and troubles um, as you first get started in the workplace.
2: Terrific, and um, Emily, um, I guess everyone, well, at least certainly me is interested in uh, what your uh, typical workday is like or work week. Uh, it, I'm sure it involves ambiguity and we'll get to that, but uh, what what do you do every day?
1: Yeah, so now I'm a, I'm a manager level person, however, In the beginning a lot of this is it's just working with all these different stakeholders on and um, managing all these different people as you sit on these teams and so you know consulting you work with case teams you have a client and then you you know have this deliverable that you have to give to the client at the very end of the case and so day to day i'm you know the boots on the ground collecting all the information analyzing the data and then now as a manager i synthesize a lot of information to help you know crack the case so to speak and I act as kind of a middle person between the actual boots on the ground, so the associates, and you know the case team leader who's trying to focus on managing the stakeholders with the client themselves. You know, trying to see, make sure that we're handling all components of the scope, and so I help execute, and I also try to you know see things from a ten thousand foot perspective as well to make sure that every all the bases are covered. And.
2: Um... Emily, in this role, who do you see the most of? Is it the associates? Is it your uh, your senior, uh, the person uh, you report to, or do you work at all with the clients? What's the uh, what's your what are your uh, what are your connections during a typical day or week?
1: Yeah, so it's it's really with everyone, like you just mentioned. So day to day, manage an associate, talk to them, you know, about what the plan is for today. You know, hand over some of the work and. Also review so any any um, outputs that they were able to put together. I also correspond with you know the case team leader, making sure that all our scope questions are answered, making sure that all our framework slides are put together and making sure that we are on track in terms of you know getting the client what they actually want. And from a client as well, I mean, we don't talk to the client day to day, but we do, you know, have weekly touch points with them. And so I'm often talking to them directly, answering their questions about. know case findings and making sure that they are happy with our product and so it is what i expected in terms of you know the hours and actual work But i'm also really surprised by the teamwork component and also day-to-day it's just it's completely different and so you have to be able to roll with punches as well
2: before we go to talk about ambiguity in particular does anyone have thoughts or questions about consultancy or the path to what emily's been doing uh how you uh, see yourselves progressing. I know several, several of us on the call have a goal of becoming a consultant. So here is one uh, to talk to. Uh, any thoughts or questions? How about Philippe? Yeah, you mind elaborating elaborating more about, I guess, some time recently for you where you've had a work situation where you weren't sure what to do, where there wasn't a clear right answer and how you worked with it?
1: Yeah, certainly. And so, one of the things that we typically do on the job is, um, is for, so for example, we typically calculate a total adjustable market size. And for anyone who's recruiting for consulting, you know that's a very typical case question. So um, in, you know, in reality, the question is going to be like, how big is this market for board portal management software, right? On a, on a um, practice case or an interview question, they'll say something like, how many balls can fit in a Boeing 737? But it's kind of the same principle. You just have to take some baseline assumptions and then you know multiply it out to get you know this final figure, right? And so the thing is when you're doing the case and for the interview, these are all just numbers that you're making up that kind of make sense and you know you put them together, but nobody knows the right answer for either of these questions. Who really knows what the answer is to the market size of the board portal management software versus this, this um, ping pong ball question, right? And so, because there's no correct answer, what you have to be c- confident in is your methodology for how you got that answer. So, you know, if the baseline assumption is, you know, you take the number of companies in the U.S. and you multiply it by, you know, the percent that are addressable, and you multiply it by a price point to get to this total addressable market size, you just have to be confident in those baseline answers that get to your final total, because nobody you can't ask anybody what the answer is to that question right so you just have to be confident in in you know doing all the groundwork and analyzing all the data so that you can get to the best answer possible but a lot of times people spin their wheels on you know oh this number seems too big or it doesn't seem right or i'm not like fully confident in this particular figure but the reality is that like you can never 100% be confident in that answer. And so it's just you know taking that information as you have it and just being able to come to a conclusion with, to the best possible conclusion.
2: And it uh, sounds like either way, we're slowly uh, moving our ball forward as well in, on ambiguity. But uh, um, anyone else have any uh, thoughts or questions before we move on? Um, Jake, you're uh, looking around at becoming a public affairs consultant. It's not really all that different. So um, any, any thoughts or maybe some uh, questions? I was just thinking about, um, you talk about how uh, we can never be certain and I 100% get that. Um, Can you speak, uh, elaborate a little bit on, uh, uh, a little bit more into that point of methodology in an age where we can access so many different sources of information and types of information, what uh, do you as a consultant tend to look towards when establishing the baseline to get these correct answers for methodology?
1: Yeah, that's a great question as well. And you're right. There's you know there's so many different data sources out there, and so it's all about finding the one that seems the most accurate. Um, for us, a lot of it is using like publicly available government data, and so that's a pretty good baseline to you know to start your analysis on. Um, but from there, I mean, there's so many there's so many places that you could go that you just have to look at. You know, are other people using this as well? you know what are their sources did they do some sort of survey to get this information um, you have to look at the methodology for how they got their information as well in order to, in order to see if you should be adding it into your own and so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a jenga tower right like as long as you have a solid foundation like it's going to stay up but the shadier the data source is the more you know the more complex it can get and um, potentially less accurate can get as well. So I think just starting from the foundation and looking at where the information comes from, who's using it, that kind of thing, you can that's just a good starting place. But you're right. there's also there's also no correct answer for for any of that either.
2: How often do you find yourself looking around the proverbial room at other kind of consultancy groups and uh, taking a look at the, the work that they've done and kind of, not to say plagiarizing, but, you know, being like, oh, so these are good sources. Do you find yourself, you know, look, looking around a lot or oh, Certainly,
1: That's actually part of the research that we do as well. So, you know, one of the work streams that we have is secondary research and, you know, that can come from anywhere and sometimes you do reference other consulting firms and, and, you know, look at their sources and see see where all that is coming from, but it's kind of frowned upon to be yeah. Citing, yeah. <laughs> citing their information necessarily.
2: Absolutely, thank yeah. you. It's guidance, I guess, uh, to put it gently. Exactly. Uh, so um, let's move along here a bit and we'll come back to any other questions people have or thoughts. Uh, but uh, the, the, the topic of this session is, uh, leading through or leading amidst ambiguity. And uh, actually the conversation so far has already been uh, heading in that direction. But uh, Emily, as you think about um, this whole capability to to address ambiguity, first of all, what what does ambiguity mean to you? Or how do you see ambiguity? Uh, Because it might have different definitions for different people.
1: Uh, It's difficult to pinpoint an exact uh, definition there, but I was mostly thinking about it from a, managing ambiguity on a personal level, because at this point in time, in terms of what's tangible, I'm not often, you know, in the CEO position where I have to, you know, come up with some sort of solution to some sort of crisis, right? But a lot of it is being able to know what to do day to day in case there are hiccups along the way. So, you know, uh, ambiguity is incredibly common day to day. So an example is like, if you're a part of internal initiatives at the firm, You set the tone and strategy for what you want to accomplish. And so similarly in your work, you aren't going to know what you have to do as the next step 100% of the time, even if you do have a manager. And so you need to figure out what you need to do for yourself. And so coming up with the logical next step is how I think about ambiguity for for myself.
2: I think uh, sometimes from the outside, we think of uh, consulting work or other types of work as involving really mainly the work itself and the uh, the challenge that you need to deal with uh, from a business perspective. But in fact, uh, I think we often find that it's almost more about the people you deal with and the human situations that are what really define success or lack of success with things.
0: That was Ken Banta and Emily Jang at one of the Vanguard Networks New leaders program sessions. Jang is currently a senior associate at Skills, a company that hosts esports competitions for millions of players around the world. Podcasts are just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C suite leaders. Our mission is building high performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us or the new leaders program, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.